Good morning, everybody. Wonderful to be here in our Matariki family service. And a massive welcome to anyone who's new along here today, to our children. Let's put our hands together for our children again. And our children's leaders. Uh, we just want to thank you so much for serving every children's leader. Just a, a real massive thanks from our heart to you and from, I believe, from every parent's heart to you as well who are serving. We uh, believe in the next generation. And if we do not be intentional in connecting the heart of God with our children, the gospel will be lost from our children. And so this happens obviously on Sunday mornings, it happens in our families. And so I just think we need to really give a big round of applause to our children's uh, workers and leaders. We thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. If you are um, just feeling a, like a little nudge from the Holy Spirit today in regards to serving in our children's area, I got you, Abby, uh, then, yeah, come and see Abby um, or one of the pastors here at Thrive. And, um, you know, even if it's on a monthly basis or once a term or something like that, you just want to come and be present um, and, and help and just be in that environment, we would love to connect with you. So... All right. Well, I've got a story I actually want to share today. And if, if the children, if you guys are back there, that's okay. You could be sitting on your parents' knee, but do know that there are ice blocks up the front. All right. And so the rule is, is that you, you have, you're having an ice block, you've got to eat it up the front. I see ice blocks out there now. That's not a rule. That Just forget I said that. You can eat ice blocks wherever you want. You could join me on stage and have an ice block. What, however... Anyway, so we're going to just, the story that I've got this morning, it's a true story. Everyone go, wow, true story, true story. And it's about the, um, the history of the gospel in Aotearoa. And so when I think of my history, I know that my great, I think my great, great grandfather, or maybe just my great grandfather, I don't know actually, do I? It is great, great. Yeah, thank you, darling. He um, was actually a minister in uh, England in Lancashire. He was a Methodist minister and he would ride horseback and with his wife as well uh, with a cart and they would go and preach in churches around Lancashire. And I just, I'm really thankful for that. I'm like, man, that's just amazing. I've got an old photo of him uh, and his wife uh, and, and we treasure that. And as a nation, though, we've got an incredible history of the gospel. And we're here in this church because people came from other nations and brought the gospel. Where You know, our ancestors obviously came from other nations, but the, the gospel came into this nation. And this story is an amazing story, and it starts with a little girl named Tarori. And now I did share this about three years ago, so you might have been like, I've heard this, Glenn, but this is such a powerful, um, you know, thing to, to remember. And Matariki is actually, there's a part of Matariki is, that is about remembering the past. So today, I want to tell you this story that started with a family that lived in the Matamata area. And so this is in the middle of the North Island. I think we've got a map up there. Um, and the year is 1835. If you didn't know where Matamata is, children, that's where it is, that big arrow and the sharp tip of the arrow. Now you know. So this happened almost 200 years ago. 
And um, this is Tarori. She didn't actually look a lot like this, but kind of. Uh, she was 12 years old, and she was the daughter of a Māori chief, Nakuku. And her dad had heard about the teaching of Jesus and decided to follow him. Now, Nakuku had been given one of the first copies of the Gospel of Luke from the Bible that was written and translated into Māori. Uh, or Tereo, sorry. Just, you know, by local missionaries. And he gave this Bible to his daughter, Tarori, to look after. And so she wrote Nakuku, her father's name, on the front cover of the Bible. And she carried this little gospel of Luke uh, in a little basket, which is, you know, as you know, is called a kete, right, around her neck. And she would go to sleep with it. And she would go all around the village. And everywhere she went, this little gospel of Luke was a treasure for her to protect. However, Nakuku's uncle, uh, Wairoa, was a great chief in Rotorua. And he became angry with Nakuku's tribe. So he sent warriors to fight this tribe in Matamata. But Nakuku had decided not to fight his uncle. He said, I'm following Jesus now. He is the Prince of Peace, and I don't want to fight. So instead of fighting, he took some of his tribe and he fled to the Kaimai Ranges. But when Wairoa's warriors tracked them down and found them in the middle of the night, everyone tried to escape and to hide in the forest until dawn. Then, looking around the campsite, Nakuku came the next day and he saw what he feared most beside a tree, the body of his little daughter, Tarori. Sadly, he gathered her in his arms and Nakuku's heart was broken and when he picked up his daughter's lifeless body, he also noticed that her Bible, the Gospel of Luke, was missing. And this photo here is actually taken of Tarori's resting place on a private property near Matamata. And at her funeral, her father Nakuku said, Remember the, word of, uh, remember the words of God in Tarori's little book. We should love those who hate us just as Jesus did. Now, Nakuku's peaceful response to those who had taken his daughter's life was actually unbelievable for his family and his tribe to hear. This was a time where it was eye for an eye and a life for a life. And the Bible says, though, in Ephesians 4, 32, that to be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. And Nakuku had taken this word and the, the essence of these words to his heart that when he forgives that something powerful is happening in his life and that, you know, we know that forgiveness actually attracts the attention of heaven. Forgiveness changes families and communities. And so just like Jesus, Nakuku had chosen forgiveness. And because of this, God was about to release his love throughout New Zealand's because of Nakuku's humility. And at the time, he didn't know who had killed his daughter and taken the book. However, a month or so later, he discovered that it was a warrior whose name was uh, Utu, um, Uita. 
There we go. <laughs> Uita had taken the book from Tarori, and he didn't know how to read it, but he, he could see that it was a treasure, so he took it back to Rotorua. And at this point, someone randomly, everyone say randomly. You know, nothing is coincidence in the kingdom of God, right? This is a God incidence, what's about to happen. But someone randomly happened to be passing through Rotowiti, and he meets, so Rotorua, and he meets Uita. And this man's name was Ripaho. And he was actually a released slave from Northland, and he was on his way home, walking through the North Island, and he bumps into Uita, and he's... And he shows, um, Uita shows Ripaho Tarori's little gospel of Luke. And Ripaho had recently been taught uh, English and, he, and, and, and taught how to read by the, the Northland missionaries. And this is actually an image of that same printed gospel that, not the, that book, but of that same print run that was printed in 1835. So Ripaho begins to read Uita the gospel of Luke and uh, and Uita is so impacted by the words of the story and of Jesus who forgave people, even when he's dying on the cross, that the Father, that Jesus cried out, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And these words actually hit Uita's heart so powerfully that he decides that he is going to go back to Nakuku and ask the father of Tarori that he killed. He was going to go back and he was going to ask the father if he would forgive him for taking his daughter's life. This is an incredible moment. So Uita searches out Nakuku and he asks him for forgiveness and Nakuku forgives him. And this is an incredible, powerful moment of reconciliation. So Ripaho, he's the random guy from Northland who read Uita the story of Jesus, he continues on his journey home down to Otaki on the uh, Kapiti coast. And then not long after Ripaho arrived in Otaki, a war party from Rotorua passes through, bringing them a bundle of stolen books. And amongst those stolen books is Tarori's Gospel of Luke. And Ripaho recognizes this little book. He's seen it before as Tarori's had written Nakuku's father's name on the inside cover. So Ripaho keeps this book, and although he isn't yet a follower of Jesus, he begins to use the book to hone his reading skills. And as Ripaho reads the gospel aloud to some of those listening, uh, they begin to hang on every word he said. And one of those attracted to this story is a guy named Tamahana, Tiraprahā, and he was the son of a famous warrior chief in Kapiti, um, and his name was Tiraprahā, and he'd led raids all across New Zealand, particularly in the South Island, and his marae was on Kapiti Island, and it was a perfect fortress, and no one could attack it because of his sheer cliffs. And as Ripaho daily practiced his English, Tamihana sat and listened to the gospel with his cousin. And the two of them became captivated by the words and they were so captivated that they convinced Ripaho to come to Kapiti Island with them. And for six months, they digested the Gospel of Luke, one part of the Bible for six months. That's powerful. And this is what he wrote. We learned every day and every night we did not lie down to sleep. 
We sat in the night in a hut all around the fire in the middle. Matinee, I think that's Matane, sorry. That's his cousin, had a part of the book and I had a part. Sometimes we went to sleep on the book. (laughs) And this was essentially like New Zealand's first Bible college on Kapiti Island. And they were studying the book, uh, the Word of God, and they were so engrossed with this Word. And they, these young guys, they decided they need to know more about the story. And they went to Northland and they learned more. And, and as his cousin and Tamihana decided that they just could not keep the good news of Jesus Christ to themselves. So they decided to go to the South Island. And this was a really difficult decision for Tamihana because his dad, the big famous chief, had waged a lot of war there. And his father, Tevrapraha, he was feared by the tribes in that area right down the road, even in Kaipoi. Tamihamana's dad was not happy. And he said that, no, we're warriors. And I expect you to follow my way, the warrior way. But Tamihana responded with a firm no. And he said, no, we've decided to follow and take the gospel of peace. And so they brought the gospel to the South Island and they traveled and they preached around the South Island for 10 years. And after that time, there were 64,000 Māori people attending church in New Zealand. And that was over half the population of the Māori people of New Zealand, of Aotearoa, attending church. And at that point, there are only actually a couple of thousand Europeans here in this nation at that time something incredible was happening in our land through one little gospel (laughs) the good news of Jesus Christ and this willingness I think we see two willingnesses here we see the willingness of Nakuku first of all to forgive to release the justice that he could have held in his heart for vindication and he released forgiveness to Uita and he forgave his people and something powerful happened that day and then we see Tamahana who took this gospel and he and the second powerful thing was like the, the, this word this treasure is too good not to share this is too good not to share and this is the history, this is a true story of the gospel in this nation. And let's just believe today that Jesus would do that again through His church, through us, through the people of this nation. Let's just take a moment to pray right now. Jesus, we remember what You've done in our nation And we give you thanks for your gospel. We thank you for the the fires of revival that have burnt in our nation, for people's lives who have been changed, you know, 200 years ago. But we just thank you today that that your word is the same. It's the same word. You are the author and you are the finisher. You're the Alpha and you are the Omega of our faith. And today we just say yes again to the power of your gospel in our lives, Jesus. We treasure your word today. We release 
judgment from others that we're holding in our hearts. We release judgment. We release people. And we just place ourselves front and centre in Your hands today, Jesus, and just say, use us. Let Your flame burn bright in our hearts today. So we just say yes to You today, Jesus. Amen.